How's everybody feeling? So here we are tonight on a Tuesday, and we're going to be doing a little bit less than we do on a normal night, which is why I'm starting a little bit earlier. It was around 6.45ish when I pressed launch, but uh, we'll see what we can squeeze out of this before the band gets here around the top of the 8 o'clock hour, and that's when we have to say goodbye to Rich Barris, who is our guest of honor tonight, as it is the end of the month. And so we get a little bit of a roundup with him, but it's going to be different tonight. Obviously, we have to hit on some obvious, obvious current events uh, topics, but I just want to... I want to talk to Rich also about general burnout, and there's got to be something like that showing in all of the the work that he does. I think for the most part, I have to imagine for the most part, most people have just had their minds made up one way or another, no matter what their reasoning is. They could have looked into into things differently uh, than others have their minds made up about how the world is, how it's going to be, election or no election, and they're just fine with their reasoning. And from there, it's just got to be checking out. I've been checking out. There's some there's some things that are just uh, circus sideshow worthy that are, that are fun to talk about, and then we make our work in other ways. But still, I want to ask Rich about what he's seeing in that department, because there's got to be something got to be something where people are like please mercy already already you know we still got a few months until 2024 can we get uh, a breather can we have a breather here anyway i hope that you're enjoying your day it's um i don't know a lot going on a lot going on but i got a shave in last night so that's nice i got to go to court tomorrow morning see if i finally uh will be named executor to my friend Pam's estate. We'll see if that, that, that's just starting now. That's just starting. Here we are in the end of August, early September, and she died back in the, the, the first days of December of 2022. And now we'll see, see who, who I'm gonna have to fight with. Hopefully it's not like that, because I don't, I'm not a, you know, I just think about that all the time. Anyway, I won't be talking about too much I'll just give you guys the green light. Hey, it's all behind me. Red light. Hey, this is a disaster. But I'll be learning something new tomorrow. Never been uh, around any kind of probate proceedings or anything like that. So I'll be... I'll have some new experience points. Some new XP coming my way tomorrow. Maybe I'll level up. All right. So that's what we got tonight. A little bit of a chat with Rich. Thank you to all my wonderful friends, sponsors, and otherwise, on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv, chief among them, Pat and Gina of bluemonsterprep.com. I know some of you out there getting your, your heirloom seeds for your crisis garden going, the gas masks and the radios, those have been flying off the, the uh, shelves, especially since it's winter. So there's always the added, well, not winter, but winter and fall are coming, hurricane season for a lot of people on the coast. Uh, power lines going down, lines of communication getting jammed. I'll tell you one thing. If you are in close enough proximity within a few miles of everybody that's important to you and you want to make sure that you can keep communication open, look into the two-way radios at least for the coming uh, the coming months. You know, uh, a lot of people like to cluster around each other and live in these um, 
So I would say do that. Check it out. All right. All right. Tomorrow night, we've got Jeff Wamsley of the Mothman Museum coming on. Mike King of Profiling Evil will be on with us on Thursday night. And afterwards, we're going to be having the final book club session for The Devil in the White City. Then you're going to get a September breather and go read whatever books you want. You know the great thing about book club is? We're taking these books, which are of substantial size, and we are committing to reading them within a month. Now, obviously, if you're reading them on your own, you can knock them out quick. And that's the whole point. A book that is 300 to 400 pages, we're taking it in four to five sessions within a month. And then suddenly you're saying to yourself, huh, well, in the in-between, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read something else. And it happens like that. So the four or five books that we do together a year for, quite frankly, book club, oh, man, it really gets the, the, the engines uh, rolling, and then all of a sudden you get hungry, and that's that's the kind of habit we're trying to build together. I'm feeling it. I'm looking. I'm salivating at all these books I'm putting on the on the shelf now out of, out of storage in the new move that we just did. And uh, in September, I'm going to rip through a, a few of them, a few of them. I can't wait. All right, so that's what we have going on. And then Friday night will be something, something to hang our hats on. September 1st, it's already here. Big, big month of September it is. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for being here. All right, let's get into the grab bag, shall we? First one up in the grab bag, do we leave the Twin Peaks going? I don't know. This is, this is nice, though. It's nice to listen to, but let's get that out of here. All right. First one up on the grab bag is from Yahoo. And here we go. Here we go. The Ecuador presidential hopeful, or one of them, vows to, um, he vows prison ships and a war on narcos. Wearing a bulletproof vest and surrounded by bodyguards, Ecuador presidential hopeful Daniel Noboa vows to lock up convicts on prison ships as his country wages a war on drug traffickers. The 35-year-old is campaigning hard ahead of an October runoff dominated by lawlessness gripping the once peaceful nation that has become a new hub for the global drug trade. You see, and all of the people, and how many, how many Ecuadorians have been uh, have been uh, siphoned off by uh, American internationalist NGOs that are just flooding the American border. Meanwhile, there are still people back in Ecuador who love the country, who are trying to fight for do something, and they can have all that extra backup. But um, they're 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 up here riding scooters in New York City. You see that they're diluting everybody's country. They're ruining everything. This guy, Daniel Naboa, could definitely use a couple of, a couple of hundred extra thousand supporters down there in Ecuador, gearing up for what is good, because he better watch out, obviously. Obviously. He's got the bodyguards and the bulletproof vest, but Ecuador is not the United States, where they will spend time building up a reality TV show against you, where they fabricate 900 years worth of felonies, and they keep you in and out of courtrooms all year during election year. They'll just kill you. They'll kill you and stuff you into a glove compartment and they'll find you somewhere in a cave somewhere. Um, that's, uh, that's it. In, in the United States, 
the United States, of course, people go missing and sometimes you have to expedite in order to get rid of somebody who's a problem. But, uh, I mean, we have been introduced to the, the death by reality TV sentence in the last couple of years. All right. Oh, well, here's something nice. Here is a woman. Her name is Sister Jean. Sister Jean just turned 104 years old, and she went to Wrigley Field to throw out the first pitch. I, I have to imagine at a Cubs game. Take a look at this. 104 miles an hour. No, well, you never know. You, you, you never know. Uh, she's got it. a nice grip on that fastball, right, ready to roll. This, this is a moment, and this should provide plenty of inspiration. If Sister Jean can come out here and get after it, Cubs fans, as well as the Cubs Absolutely. versus these Milwaukee Come Brewers, on, Sister Jean. Uh, you know Bless they are heart. looking to Look, be She's winding up. Warming up the arm. I think right? she's got a better arm than you, Cliff. Oh, she might. There you go. I, Look thing, at that. This thing don't work as much, uh -huh. man. God bless her. Sister Jean, she did, a, she did, she did the the Walter Johnson wind up and everything. She probably watched Walter Johnson pitch at some point. Um, the big train, they called him, and well, she ended up pitching underhand at the end, which is anatomically correct. Okay, you can pitch like a madman or a madwoman, fast pitch underhand into your seventies and still throw heat, because anatomically it is correct to go under. It's a very, very unnatural movement coming down over the top. You have to perfect, I mean, the, the mechanics of throwing a baseball has to be flawless to be able to uh, stay healthy, at least in a pitching, uh, pitching situation for a long time. But good for Sister Jean. You know, who's no, no matter what, way better than Anthony Fauci when he threw the first pitch out in 2020. Watch this loser. Dr. Fauci, when you're ready. With the fake applause, because they had to, that's, this is when they were still piping in fake sounds of the crowd, because they told everybody, you have to stay home while this idiot goes up there with a mask on. He's in the dead, cent he's in the dead center of an empty stadium, and he's keeping a mask on. Why? For the reality TV show. Because then he was, he was shown later on in the game sitting in the stands around a couple of people that he knows with the mask off. So he found the only three people in the fucking stadium. <laughs> the, the, only, the only things that you're supposed to stay away from, people. He found them and then took the mask off. Loser. Anyway, let's, let's watch how this rat boy throws. It's your pitch. Let's save the country. And, and then all the fake people cheered for him because that's all that is left for these people. Fake, fake support, fake adoration, fake. Ain't nothing there. Ain't nothing there, my friends. But I do have to give you an update on the Chicago White Sox. We, we were, I know we were in uh, Wrigley there. Now let's go to Chicago, the White Sox. I am sorry to have to give you this update. I told you about the shooting that was at the stadium the other night, inside the stadium. Well, there's more information about this shooting. This is going to make you... Ooh, from USA Today, shooting at White Sox game happened after a woman hid a gun in belly. You say, hid a gun in her belly? What does that mean? Did she swallow it? What are you talking about? Now, it took me about 10 seconds or less to realize what we're talking about. And then I got the confirmation in the first couple of paragraphs over here on USA Today.
New details have emerged after a shooting injured two women at Guaranteed Rate Field. Very cozy name for a ballpark, isn't it? Guaranteed Rate Field. During a Chicago White Sox game on Friday night, on Tuesday, ESPN Chicago reporter Peggy Kusinki said that the gun was snuck into the stadium by one of the women who was hit. The shooting was an accidental discharge by the woman whose injury was previously identified as a graze wound. Here's the quote. She reportedly snuck the gun in past metal detectors, hiding it in the folds of her belly fat. She hit a gun in the folds of her belly fat, and it actually tricked the metal detector. That is how thick her blubber is. It tricked it. Police previously said that a 42-year-old woman sustained one gunshot wound to the leg. That means that the fat of the gun, the fat of her of her belly, actually oozed into uh, the trigger well and pulled the trigger. Okay, we're talking. This this is this is America now. This is American culture in the 21st century. I know we don't want to accept that. I know we have lofty not lofty plans for the future. But you have to understand what we are now. This story is America. You have an obese, who, who knows who the hell she is. Some obese thug hit a gun in between flabs of her, of her uh, belly fat. And it went off inside of a baseball game. Authorities said the older woman was taken to a local hospital where she was in fair condition and the other woman refused medical treatment. Yeah, because the bullet was probably caught inside of the other person's fatty ass and, uh, and barely even penetrated the skin. Per NBC5 Chicago, the shooting happened during the fourth inning of the game. Oh, that's the bad luck inning. Against the Oakland Athletics. Uh, police initially requested that the game be stopped, but it went on due to lack of perceived threat. We allowed the game to continue, not create a panic. Initial reports were uncertain if the shooting happened inside or outside the park, but by Monday, police said the notion that the incident happened outside was almost completely dispelled. So it was inside. Two fans attending Friday's game suffered non-life-threatening injuries after being struck by bullets. It's more like the bullets were struck by them. While the police continue to investigate, White Sox security confirms that the incident did not involve an altercation of any kind. The White Sox are thinking of a victim at the thinking of the victims at this time and wishing them a speedy recovery. Aren't the victims the shooters? I don't know. So there's a little something for you. Now, here's another little something for you. You probably heard about this 12-year-old kid. His name is Jaden. He was kicked out of class yesterday in Colorado Springs for having a Gadsden flag patch on the back of his book bag, which the school claims has origins with slavery, which is not true. Not true at all. But uh, he was sat down. This is a little bit from uh, Connor Boyack, who wrote about this. He said they cited U.S. EEOC, which admitted that the flag originated in the Revolutionary War in a non-racial context, but then said, however, whatever the historic origins, the meanings of the symbol, it also has since been sometimes interpreted to convey racially tinged messages. So no matter what something starts out as now, 
if it has now been construed in some some way that they it, it's just whatever they get to say well we can't do this anymore because we have a we have officially loosely tied you or something that you like to something that's been racially tinged we have officially tied you to something that has um that has now been officially deemed in one of our courts as insurrection we have now officially tied you to some other kind of phony crisis that we've created through one of our vassals in the media or somewhere else. This is the game that we play. And he's sitting down, this kid, Jaden, with his, his uh, mother. And he's cool as a cucumber. He'll go, he'll go far in, in life because uh, whereas these frazzled, crazy liberal women are just spurging out all around him, he's cool as a cucumber. And that's all you're going to need to be able to uh, forge a path forward. Take a listen to this, sitting down. Thank you. Do they know what the Gadsden flag is? That it's a historical flag. So they're... Um, so that's the mother asking, do they know what the Gadsden flag is? So this kid sits down and let's, let's just jump around a little bit. It's a three minute video. Um, that's the reasoning behind them. No, like the Gadsden flag. The don't tread on me. The don't tread on me. Yeah, the Gadsden flag. Oh, maybe you're right. I, I mean, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't do history here. I specialize in, in, in uh, rim jobs. I teach the kids rim jobs. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm from Rim Jobs 101. But we are all liberal busybodies, which is why I had to do something. So please excuse me if I don't actually know what the patch is. It just needs to be eradicated. Which is the Gadsden flag? Okay. Um, okay, so he, he, <laughs> he's smiling, he's smiling and she's just hating it. She's hating it. And he's just smirking because he knows that she's a dimwit. He's what's going to happen if he doesn't take it off. He, I mean, he is able to go. I was actually just telling him, like, I was upset that he was missing so much school i'm like ah so I, uh, yeah, I, was, I was upset that he's missing so much school i was like ah you know let's go yeah well then let him go to let him go to class because there's nothing wrong with this patch there's nothing wrong with this patch nothing whatsoever now you see there there are people out there like the mutant retards uh the krasensteins ed ed and brian they um they were born with kazoos in their throats when they talk you know i found a um I found a, I found all these micro cassettes of myself and I'm listening to them and it goes back as early as what I've, I've ascertained at this point, August 8th, 2001, I was listening, uh, finally, I was listening to myself last night. I had to go out and find a micro cassette player because I wanted to know what was on these tapes. I hadn't listened to them in decades. And here I am, I'm listening to myself talk these little skits, me and my friends teasing my brother. Uh, I'm, I'm filming, I'm, uh, you know, recording things in, in class, in high school. I, I did a play-by-play -play of a, my first blood test I ever did, my, like, first big boy blood draw at, a, you know, in 2001. And I'm listening to my voice, and I'm going, I never, I never, I, I sounded like this. I was this nasally. I thought that by high school, my I already had this voice. What is this voice? And I think of the Krasensteins, and to think that they they it's so it must be so terrible to to 
to be left with a voice that they probably had when they were 15. They sound like they're talking through kazoos. And they are the kings of bad takes because they're they're paid to sit on uh, Twitter all day and to take every headline and to filter it through their ridiculously retarded minds. They filter every story through their minds. And then you, you, if you use the app, you have got to see them every day. In one way or another, they pop up because they are pasted to the top of the For You tab, which is not actually for you. You know, that's how that works. Anyway, in true Krasenstein form, they took this story and they were saying, uh, well, you know, there is nothing wrong with the Gadsden flag. There is no racial over. Oh, they're being they're being unbiased. This is how they come in. Like, look, look, wait, we just get, want to get to the truth. And um, and then, of course, they have to wipe all that away by saying, but if you think that kids should not, if they have to take off a gay pride flag, then you're a hypocrite. If you think that this should stay, but a gay pride flag is not good, then you have to deal with some hypocrite tendencies. Kazoo, you know, Uh, which is, again, what does he mean? What do you mean by this? A false equivalency. That's what this is all about. The false equivalency that a, a symbol that is synonymous with the American founding and a flag that is synonymous with gay sex and gender confusion. There is no equivalency there, none whatsoever. But this is just what goes on. And, and this woman, this she's so frazzled by this 12-year-old who obviously just is uh, immune to her nonsense. This is where they stake their, their claim. This is, this is their domain. This is where they are the lionesses of their times. They love it. I asked if can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class. Like, I just want him to go back to class. The bag can't go back. It's got a patch on it because we can't have that in and around other kids. So that's what I was trying to... We can't have that in or uh, around, near or around other kids. We just want him to go back to class. He's missing so much class. Ooh, wow. We don't want him to miss it, but, I mean, we just can't take this anymore, you know? Had he put a trans flag on his back and he's telling everybody that his penis is a vagina, then of course we would make him the fucking principal of the school. We would be we would we would be bringing you here, Mrs. Jaden's mom, to ask you if we can pull him out of class to employ him. Close. I was like, oh, okay. yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the Revolutionary War patch that was okay. displayed when they were fighting the British. Like that wasn't. That's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of like the... Um, no, no, I'm not thinking at all. Like I said, I teach rim jobs 101 here. The Confederate... Pe- Confederate flag? <laughs> okay, I... So... I'm so uneducated, it, it hurts me, okay? I'm trying to get through this without um, making you lose complete faith in our school's ability to teach your child anything. As you can see, I'm a dumb, dumb person. I'm barely functioning here, please. I am here to enforce the policy that was provided by the district. And definitely you have every right to not agree with it. I mean, because the ACLU says that he's allowed to wear that. If you like go on their website, it's like says in big letters. I, all, I, all I'm saying is that... Unless there's like a ban on... This is America. This is it. This is where we're at. 
This is where we're at. And thankfully, more and more children are not even walking into the schools anymore. They're doing their own thing. They're getting homeschooled. And that is really, really paving the way for it. It's going to pave the way for an ultra, I'm hoping, ultra conservative um, uh, generation of youngins. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, man. No doubt. All right. Um, so what do you have to say about that? The director then argued that the flag is associated with hate groups, linking this, this week article that cites a graphic design scholar who claimed that some may now see the Gadsden flag as a symbol of intolerance and hate. I see the rainbow flag as a symbol of intolerance and hate. It is a political battle flag. There's no two ways about it. It is a battle flag. That's just what it is. It's a battle flag. And um, so so, so now what? Now what? Uh, the hammer and sickle. What about the hammer and sickle? So many of these, uh, so many of these teachers have it on their bumpers on their bumpers and bumper stickers. <laughs> I mean, what about that? So again, whose standards rule? Whose standards rule? Okay? Uh, American founding, no good. Anal sex, fine. That's just, it's just what it comes down to. I hate to be so graphic, but you have to whittle away all of the top layer fluff and, and bullshit and blush and all that other stuff that they want to make you think that it's some, some incredibly, you know, I don't know, the, the transcendental movement and a new elevation of society and everything else. It's nothing. It's not that. It's not that. So uh, get down to brass tacks and you just see the hilarity of all this stuff here. But she'll be, she probably has tenure. She probably had tenure 10 years ago. But who knows where it all goes from here. But good for you, little Jaden. You are a new celebrity. And uh, we're rooting for you, kid. We'll be right back. Help me get this show out to as many people as you can. Rich Barris will be joining us in just a little while. We will see you in just a second. One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Let's get a little bit more on the table here. 
before Rich calls in. Oh, shit. Let me open it up. He's not calling in with video tonight. That's what I've been told. So, it's going to be whatever. All right. So, here's what we have. A little bit more to throw out there on your onto your plate. By the way, if you want to contribute anything to the show as far as opinions and just to support the overall production, then please send Super Chats. I've set up a universal Super Chat for everybody watching ever since we lost Super Chats on YouTube back in April of 2020. One of the greatest things to ever happen. Because A, because I was just always uh, so sick when I saw... 30 to 40 percent of what people were sending to try to contribute to the show going to alphabet and b because um you don't want to get um you don't want to get used to their money no matter how little or how much it is at least somebody without uh, friends like me to go and and uh you know represent my interests over there in silicon valley other people have that going for them obviously but not i here is something for you this is a headline from Yahoo News, and I think it'll be a good something to start off with Rich tonight and then lead into other things, but like mainly the fatigue of all this stuff. The headline is, when will Trump be in court? Are These are the dates to watch. The dates. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but here's what it comes down to over here. The former president who's campaigning for another term in the White House potentially faces as many as six criminal and civil cases in the next year, including lawsuits against him, his family, and his companies. The four criminal indications, or indictments, I should say, the four criminal indictments pose the greatest threat to the former president because they all carry potential prison terms. Six trials... And God knows how many other lawsuits. So we're just talking about criminal and civil all mixed in together. They've set it all up. They've wound it up and they're just letting it roll. So like I said, you, you, you think about the, the guy who is running for president over there in Ecuador and is trying to gain some support with the population down there to go after all the drug cartels and putting criminals in prison ships offshore and all that other stuff. He's got a real problem, a real problem. But still, that is one hell of a brave thing to do because uh, over here in the United States, this is what we do. We set up court TV and we uh, we kill you. We kill you with um, reality television. And it's so laughable that there are some people out there who would read this and say, well, no one's above the law. They would read this. They would say that to themselves. They would actually believe that this is what this is all about. No one being above the law. That is laughable. They're, I mean, look, they can't all be that mentally handicapped. They can't be. At least a few of them know that this is just gangster shit, and they're just happy that their gang is the most ruthless in the world. That's it. There has to be at least a few of them out there that know this is straight-up gangster shit and they don't care. They have to. So that's one thing. That is one thing. In fact, I'll just um, 
I'll ask Rich about this right now because you just jumped in, and I, I, I'm one to take all the extra time I can get with Rich. How you doing there, Mr. Barris? Hey, brother, living the dream. Living How about the, you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I, I, uh, I'm happy to have you on here. Even though we don't see you, it's okay because I have a special guest who is joining us again. We haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> and there he is, hulked out, so hulked out awesome. Rich. Frank, how do I get one of those Founding Father renditions? Oh, oh, of my... Are you talking about the I, one that you're seeing? Frank, I'm in, I love that. Like, listen, I don't want to be George Washington because I'm entirely too short for that. But I'm thinking perhaps not John Adams. I'm not fat. I'm a well-built guy. I'm thinking maybe Paul Revere. You know, I don't know. Because my job as a pollster, I'm saying the British are coming. The British are coming. It's true. You know, so... Yeah, so uh, I I want one of those, Frank. I got to be honest. This is the second time I saw it, I and mean, I'm a little jelly, brother. I'm a little jelly. Well, you know, if what what Rich is talking about, everybody is is this, and this is not AI. This was actually painted by by a friend of the show. His name was John. I haven't spoken to him in a while, and he his company was called Drawing Conclusions, and he he painted me as a um, as a founding father, and he put a joint in my mouth, and. I love it. I've always have loved it. I don't use it enough, but it's old now, so I don't. I don't try to lean on the old stuff. I can, I can see if he's still doing commission work. Rich, I can get you in touch I with love him. It, man, I don't want a joint though, because in my line of work, Frank. Oh, you I can't know. Smoke joints. Brother. I know. I you know. know. Like you just can't do it. You I know. know. Even if I wanted to, you can't do it, man. It's you just know? one of those things. They'll say, "Oh, look, yeah. look. How can we trust him? He's high all the time." That's not even that. I wouldn't trust myself. Oh, okay. You know, I just wouldn't trust myself. What do you think you would screw up on the mo let's okay, if you were stoned, let's say you just went on a yeah. bender. If you want to want like a four yeah. a four day bender and your average work week has been completely smoked out. What do you think is going to be most affected? Let, let me use an example that just happened. So, um, you know, we have employees and that's part of the reason why uh, we're a little bit different than everybody else. So all of the people I've ever hired are trained to do different things, but also to be uh, interviewers and to conduct interviews with uh, voters. Mm. So there's, you know, a cr not a crash course. We go through, obviously, uh, some training and just, it, you know, it's, it, it happens to almost everybody. When it's time to be left alone, people get nervous and they, they screw up. And over the weekend, somebody did not put in certain uh, URLs that passed geotags. So some information we can get from voters without bothering to ask them. So we know from the voter file if the um, API is right, we're passing the information back and forth with webhooks or, or APIs are different than webhooks. But, you know, I don't want to bore anybody, but we tell people, listen. As you're going through the interview and you open it up, if you're speaking to somebody and manually putting it in, you have to do this yourself because the system's not automatically going to do it anymore like they would if it was an online interview or if somebody answers a peer-to-peer -peer text or something. Mm -hmm. So you have to do it yourself. And this person was just, God bless him, gung-ho and went nuts with it but on 80 interviews forgot to pass the geographic information along oh. so manually later i had to go back and a uh, data append them through the voter file which costs more money and it, so it cost me money but that's something they did because they're new 
anybody could mess up something stupid like that. There's so much. So you just can't do it, brother. You know, when you're doing what I'm doing, there's no room for error. You know, hang out later, have a drink later if you want. Um, but I am not like the good old boys club. When we are working, we're working because that was just a newbie era. But it could have error. But it could happen to anybody, even if they're well seasoned veteran. Uh, if they're doing crap like that. No, oh, I I know that when you're hard at work, I I try to limit how much I text you. Period. Uh, if there's something really really important, I'll I'll text Laura and I'll you know I'll just stay out of your way because I, I've I've known for a while you're yeah, you're, you're like no, a bull you're a bulldog <laughs> you're a bulldog when it comes to what let me ask you this when you and Laura let's say you guys have a you you hit it you hit all your big marks and you are happy about something that you accomplished in a business sense and you say you know what we're going out tonight. We're going to celebrate, and you 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 go out, you get yourself a reservation somewhere. When you order the drink, when you order the cocktail, whatever, what are you going to? Like, what's the first thing that you're going to to feel fancy? You mean the cocktail itself? The cocktail itself. What are you going to to just to ah. to celebrate? Yeah, I like an old fashioned, and I like a um, a whiskey sour kind of guy. I used to like Long Island iced teas when I was younger, oh. but. Um, where I'm at now, uh, they're just, I don't know. They're not the same. Even last couple of times, um, you know, I went to DC. They're just not the same. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's my taste buds, but I'm an old fashioned guy. That's my go-to an old fashioned. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I go, I go to old fashions a lot too, but, uh, I love, especially when they're good friends. What, that's what, it. what about, you know? what about Laura? Does she go to like a Prosecco like Lauren would go? She's a cab kind of girl, actually. Though she does, if I find a place where I'm like, wow, Lord, this is a good old fashioned, or this is a good whiskey sour or something, she'll have one of those. But uh, she's a cab girl. She's a wine drinker. I can't, I, I don't drink wine anymore. Mm. I used to, I, I don't anymore. It just, you know, messes, I'm too old, man. It messes my stomach. I, don't, I just don't like it. I would love to drink wine a lot. I, I mean, to be able to sit, so and I'm not it. saying a lot, I'm not saying like I get, get home. Stomach. Yeah, it, it's more so the head for me. You wake up the next morning, your head's in a vice, and that's just all over the place. I just, I, I, I don't know how some. I know people who just put bottles away, and it just seems like it'd be so fun to be able to do that at least one or two nights a year. And that can't happen to me, but whatever. I just wanted to ask. Um, I have a question for you. The uh, the mug shot. They wanted yeah. they wanted this mugshot. They wanted the perp walk for years. No matter how they could get it, they wanted it. They're sadists, okay? They get off on this stuff. Now, but I saw some real, I don't know how widespread it is, is why I want to ask you. Post-mugshot clarity. Did it hit the media uh, as widespread as I, I, I saw some people doing it? Because they went from glee to outrage that Trump's street cred started growing immediately. I saw that go from glee to outrage, and they don't want people looking at the mugshot. They say it's too threatening, and he's he he's got street cred that's growing with a lot of people, and uh, and, and they don't like it. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? I'll tell you, when I first saw that, and it was his first tweet on Twitter, uh, you know, for years, I just thought to myself, gangster. The guy's a gangster, man. He is. Uh, I have said this now, it was a theory of mine for, you know, going on a couple of months now, maybe six weeks, eight, eight weeks, that 
there is without a doubt has been it's not new that some of the non-white vote has been moving to trump you and i have talked about this for a long time um you know and and that when they would do something like this there is a very real impact to things were, were going to happen younger non-white people who don't have the connection to the democratic party that their aunties and their uncles and their mothers and the fathers have are going to see that the way they see their own life that the man is coming after them and anyone who ever tries to do anything for other people gets put down it's like for frank honestly you know what happened here let me be honest because i'm seeing a, dumb, a bunch of dumb like white people uh you know conservatives just shut up like you know crooked cops who now pretend to be uh political scientists and pundits you know, it, just stop it you know you don't you have never really been in an american ghetto except for when you were trying to rob the black guy on the corner's 500 wad so just shut up you know nothing about the black community you know nothing about the real black community but what we found out this week is that the truth is the white liberal doesn't either. And how you didn't know that that was going to give them a feeling of solidarity with him, of how you didn't see that coming. And by the way, Fulton did it to him for, again, a bunch of dumb white liberals. Fulton County may be majority black, maybe a Democratic county, but to the black community, it doesn't matter how black the police force is. They're a bunch of corrupt cops trying to put the man in jail all the time. So you mugshotted him and locked him up in Fulton County, and that gave, you gave him a certain level. Street cred is, is the word for those of us who don't know it, but I, I really it dawned on me this weekend that political pundits, and I'm sorry, my voice is hoarse from a football game I went to with my kid, right. um, but it, it, it dawned on me that, honestly, political pundits who claim that they know people well enough that they can, you know, Frank, they know them so well, they can predict their behavior. You should probably spend some time with them then, you know, so they don't know these communities at all. And they don't understand what might or might not, you know, might, you know they'll talk about unemployment rates and nonsense, you know, and think that's going to make inroads with them. What they understand is this system has multiple standards and some people whether you are poor whether you're a, a certain socioeconomic class or you try to help a social certain social economic class you will become a target of a system and that system will come at you with everything it has it doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or you're somebody who lives in camden you know they will come at you because you're challenging them and they know it instinctively. So again, I, there has been shifts toward Trump with the non-white voting community for for years. He lost, so we didn't talk about it as much as we would have had. He, you know, he won, and we all know what you know. I mean by that, I'm talking about the official result. But now that we're moving on again to a rematch in 2024, it's like. You know the pundit class is trying to keep up and trying they're struggling to understand this but know this folks they do know it's real because look at the shooter stories right yep and look at what they're trying to do yep. they're, they're trying to immediately black voters away from trump they immediately are. The immediately trump signs were are in the lawns up the road we know where they're in danger frank you know those blocks as well as i do the trump signs that are being put out in their yards are from their black neighbors 
not from white people trying to gun them down in the street. Only a dumb white liberal anchor from CNN who's never been in that neighborhood would ever think that. Mm-hmm. The, I, the, the timing was so incredible to, to see that it, it took mere hours before the internet on, on many different platforms. And I know it's just anecdotal and it's a small sample, but you can extrapolate a lot there, especially since so much commentary on the the most popular commentary on the mugshot itself was coming from people accounts on TikTok and else and elsewhere that was not normally political, largely no. black male, and 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 they were just talking very real about everything. And I started seeing these drive-throughs of the motorcade through poor yes. neighborhoods in Atlanta, and and how people were out on their front lawns thinking that it was the greatest thing that they ever saw. There was maybe they didn't have any, they didn't read too deep into what it was, but they weren't booing him. And the problem thing, and, and that's a big, big problem. And then all of a sudden, 36 hours later, when this this hyped up orgasm that they were hoping everybody was going to have together when they got that that uh, mug shot that he was going to look defeated and this was going to hurt him and it was going to help them um suddenly it's shootings shootings white men gunning down black people they want to kill people I, I mean it was just it's just so predictable at this point well at first of all i know you love i just saw somebody sent it to me you love the incredible hulk <laughs> yeah. One one glitch from Tucker and I'm never going to live it down. For those who don't know what Frank is showing, it, the rest of the interview was just fun. Yeah. We had just got a new camera in the studio and it was ha on this setting where like every, you know, minute, 2 minutes it would glitch and that's from Fox News when I was on Tucker Carlson and it glitched and if you get it right at the perfect moment I'm green, like the Incredible Hulk, and that's what Frank is showing. Listen, whenever you well, say, whenever you say, well, I'm not going to have video tonight. I said, all right, but I have, <laughs> but I got the screenshot. Okay, okay, I, I got you. You know, but you know, bringing up the the video with the, the motorcade coming down the road, um, Frank. Four years ago, you never would have saw that in that neighborhood. I actually know that area. You never would have saw that. Um, you know, I, I really think they really stepped in it here. And for people who are, you know, I don't know the sun skew, the polls movement, it's crazy. Listen, in 2016, we had Trump at like eight, nine percent of the black vote. He got, according to the national exit polls, eight percent of the black vote. If you look at the uh, the voter validated study by Pew, which comes after the election, okay. He got 6%. And that's, you know, I think that's low, but it's both, both of them are defendable positions. Fast forward to 2020, and we had him at 12% of the black vote in our final poll, which was a Biden plus four. But you could see he was doing better in certain areas in, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, um, and in the South, in some Southern, North Carolina is a great example. Florida, another one. You could see in certain areas where that vote share was getting higher. By the way, Michigan, he increased it by about four points. So this time, it's not like I'm one of those pollsters out there who've always had, you know, Trump or any Republican at like 20, 25 percent. We never understood how other pollsters found that. Sampling errors for subgroups are higher. So we, I, I, I get it and I give people a lot of leeway, but we're not that pollster. In our national poll that was released last week, uh, Trump was at 19 percent. 19 percent. So this is real. This is real. And 
some people are going to pretend like it's not. Nine others, wow, know it is, and and others know that it is real, and that's why you're seeing them flip out the way they are. You know, there's not only that, but I, I saw this other thing, and I want to get into because we we have limited time tonight, so I want to get into a few other things. But I had seen um, not too long ago on Zero Hedge or wherever the hell it was, maybe maybe I have it over here. Um, that like 40%, it was a big part of Hispanic voters now are starting to see the, um, to see uh, whatchamacallit, lying about racism being a prevalent part of American life is more dangerous or more prevalent than the racism itself. I'm starting to see a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of studies like that coming out about, uh, you know, uh, ethnic minority groups that are starting to even read the tea leaves a little bit better yeah. and see what media is 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 trying to do and how it it, it corrals them all. Seems like there's a, a little bit of a a wake up point there. That's that's good to see. Yeah, and I also again I got to bring up the age thing because we went over this in Pennsylvania uh, going into 2020 when I was showing people the difference in what was driving his black vote share increase, Hispanic same thing. What what is going on is that a lot of these younger groups, there it's not like white people. Their parents were attached to the Democratic Party. There was a deep connection with them. Their their grandparents, their uncles, their aunts, they're younger. And they don't have that connection. And many of them really kind of have been ignoring the system for a while, Frank, and things are changing now. So, for instance, in Florida, which we're going to be putting out, I'll give a tidbit to some people, um, in Florida, it'll be out tomorrow. Uh, the voters we spoke to who are Hispanic in Florida, they told us they voted for Joe Biden by about six points. That's actually really close to what overall Hispanics voted for Joe Biden in the state of Florida. This this year uh or right now i would say trump is actually up i'm not going to give away by how much but people need to understand he's leading in a state among hispanics who tell us they vote they admit they voted for joe biden last time and then there's the new voter and that new voter is significantly more pro-trump than the you know the voter that has vote history that is not normal in politics new voters Republicans are usually sitting there with their fingers crossed, hoping they don't show up because they, they're afraid they're going to vote Democratic and they don't want them to vote. That's the truth. Dirty secret, but true. And here we are now, very different situation. So I just think that age is a big deal mm -hmm. because there's a sea change going on. And there's a lot of Generation Zs, a lot of Generation Xs or uh, millennials in Generation X's that are coming into the fold, they're younger, and some of them have been just completely separated. They knew what they were told to believe, but they have been just completely separated. Maybe they voted here and there, and they voted how they thought they were expected to vote. And I, you you know, use the word awakening here. I mean, kind of, you know, the, as, you know, it's a, that's a good adjective. It, it there was, they're not, they were never really asleep. It's just, there is a big social bias component to our, our politics and for that group that has never really been political junkies now that they're coming back and they are going to vote um you know they're seeing things a, a lot differently a uh, lot differently let me ask you a really quick throwaway question what comes after generation z do we know what the new ne next generation after X. z no, 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 what? No, wait a minute. No, Z, wait, I do know this. We were just looking at Because I never knew. I, I I haven't heard this yet. Hold on. Let me find. 
There's X, Millennials, Zs, and then what comes after Zs? We're going to start talking about them soon. A. A. We're going back to A? Yeah, I kid you not, it's A. Well, I guess by I was just looking at this. There's Gen... What separates Y from X and H, Z and Gen A? Welcome to the party. Yeah, so, yeah, they're new. Uh, I was looking at this because there are two ways to calculate between what years you were born in. in. When I was growing up, people called us Generation X, all right? Now that I'm getting older, some people are telling me, no, you're actually in the millennials. So I went, I recently just went back to see, because we've had these, you know, definitions uh, for polling for a long time. And I just recently went back to see, and the truth is there's two different interpretations. I consider myself an X. I do. And I just, just now saw that it's, it's a, let me just double check. Starts with children born in 2012. Okay. And we'll continue at least through 2025. What's Approximately that? That's Z? 48 million people. Yeah. That was Z. Z is 97 through 20 and 2012. Okay. They are currently 9 to 24 years old, and there are nearly 68 million of them in the United States. Okay. Okay, now let me ask you about lockdowns. Lockdowns part two, the rumors. And, of course, there's plenty of evidence out there to show that you know there's compliance on... The, the, the culture is embedded on American universities and things like that. We see it brewing again in some places. The threats of yeah. masks. Karine Jean-Pierre talking about we, uh, how we're going to uh, get a, a booster that actually works this time and all that other stuff. Um, what percentage of American people do you have you, you know, polled at all will or will not comply with the rules this time around if there is another emergency declared? Because um, is there any notable change based on their previous experiences? Well, we haven't done this recently. We're going to – Laura and I were just talking about this. If they're going to start this again, uh, we're going to have to you know, get back in the field with questions tailored to this. But I will, I will say this because this is what we were talking about. 20 to 25 percent throughout the entire pandemic – uh, refused to get a vaccine, and it wasn't because they were vaccine-hesitant or anti-vaxxers. They were hesitant, yes, but they weren't anti-vaxxers. Um, over time, what happened, what we saw, is we would say, are you vaccinated? And that definition, as you know, changed from the two-shot initial uh, vax to the you know boosters. And are you fully vaccinated became four shots, Frank. And... Mm-hmm. They lost more than half the people that initially agreed that they needed and wanted to be vaccinated. So if we just simply do that math, you are approaching a majority who just won't find any value in it. And I think this is going to be greatly impacted by area where are you in the country, because initially there was a whiff of this happening. And for instance, the school system where I am, they flipped out and they killed it real quick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's... but you have some people in Atlanta who are like, you know what, I'll put the mask back on. You know, so it will depend upon where you are. And again, I, I think you're actually going to see the more wealthy areas in places like urban Atlanta, stuff like that. You'll see the more whiter, liberal, urban areas who will comply first. Um, I don't think you'll see the non-whites comply. I don't. I, well, yeah, I, and, and that's great. That's always been the greatest, uh, the greatest about it all. I'm, and I am. I don't even care. We have what. evidence now, Frank. This oh, yeah. is no longer, you know, trust the trust the experts. You don't know any better. I mean, we're way beyond that. Now. Well, the evidence I mean, everything they told us was a lie. The most everything. damning evidence that we have now is all of the science 
that has been compiled on how not only did social distancing um, ideas sure. and all that stuff did nothing to actually uh, tra you know stop transmission of any kind of a uh, of a of bug, but it actually hurt people, especially the 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 data on children being harmed Terrible. socially, yeah. uh, speech developmentally. All that stuff, where you even had that uh, Leanna Wen coming out at the end saying how you know her children were so affected developmentally because of this. I don't know how after all of those admissions, how they, they you know they they blew a hefty load in 2020. I don't know how the hell they think they're going to get people to to really go along. I, I hope so at least. I've been asking this question for the last couple of weeks. I wanted to see what you got, but we'll see what you guys um, what, what, how your polling goes in the next couple of. Uh, cycles here but um let me see this oh you know here's another thing i want to ask you as far as non-compliance goes uh you see non-compliance at least in whatever um surface level that you have observed directly yeah. related to people who are just generally fed up because i i and, and have you done you and laura done any work on people who up until recently we're very into tracking the headlines, analyzing the news, and and just can't do it anymore because I'm I'm telling you, man, the burnout is real. I'm not saying that people don't care. I just think at this point, I feel like people know where they stand on a number of things: election, no election, who they think they support, who they don't support, and they just want to be able to check out at this point. Are you seeing anything like that? Um, pop up in your well, work? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Every year we ask about the trust in institutions and what media outlets and institutions you do uh, follow. And for a while we knew that cable news and national newspapers were, were declining and people just were not consuming them anymore. But what happened is that people did start to move to local stuff. And even that now is on the decline. And I think whatever news they're getting, Frank, there's definitely a, a, a big chunk out there that feels I can just see whatever I'm going to see on social media and I don't care, you know, and I'm and, and, and that's it. I also think that the BS meters are better this year than they were before. And it's going to take, you know, something new. Oh, God, I don't know if I want to say this. I don't want to give anybody any ideas. Um, <laughs> All right. You know, crisis is the rallying cry of the tyrant. And that's James Madison. And I just don't think that the same ones are going to have the same effects. I just don't. <laughs> I think too many people have lost too much credibility. And others kind of know. That's why I think, you know, we talk about politically, the indictments. You know, when we poll people... They're like, yeah, I knew that was coming. I, I, no, I didn't hear about it right this moment, but I think we all knew that was coming. Who cares? You know, and there's this attitude like that out there. It really is. Uh, uh, Biden went live today, Rich. Apparently, he did. I because I didn't see it. I saw I saw a Zero Hedge and a few other people commenting on it. He went live from the White House today, and on the YouTube direct stream, there were one thousand people watching. And I have to imagine that I ha I, ha I have to imagine that at least 800 of those people wanted to see if the green screen would glitch or if he would fall down or something like that. Rich, no one cares. I mean, I, it, it's like it, it's it's incredible to see. And you know, you know the things that people do care about. Things like Maui. 
is things like that That's are being a human story, right? That's a human interest story, and, and, uh, and on that and on that front, it's essentially being roped off from the world. Um, there are so many unanswered questions, and the, uh, it, it's in, it's incredible the kind of um, the kind of dearth of information that's coming out of places like that that are of real human interest and the other stuff that they're pushing is just not playing with people anymore you know i'll tell you uh if you ever i don't know how old everybody is here but for those of us who are old enough to remember katrina if you ever could imagine for a second that george bush did what joe biden has done uh with maui and in fact he basically did do the same thing um but you know bush was not asleep at the wheel the whole time this long he was in the beginning but he wasn't for this long of a period and they crucified him over you know they crucified him over it frank they crucified and rightfully so in the beginning i'm not here to defend george bush i don't can't stand the guy but the point i'm trying to make is could you imagine if that was the case uh, with a Republican president, it doesn't matter if his name is Bush, Trump, Romney, whatever, they would kill you over it. And yet they're allowing this to happen. And I, I you know, I just think people see this. I do. I do. Yeah. And by the way, there'll be another one soon. So let's pray that nothing horrible happens here as, uh, you know, this this next storm comes up uh, through the the Gulf Coast, I know. Of Florida already started to. You know, my my own. I got family in the path of this thing. Um, I don't trust anybody to react to it very quickly at all. I just don't. Well, you know, it's it's crazy on that in that respect because given how many people are out there that are willing to, they love to catastrophize the weather for maximum effect these oh, days. God. There yeah. is very little being done to expose just how bad the death toll is out there in in Maui. I mean, the children who are missing, many, Kids, Frank? Yeah. many probably yeah. dead because I mean, and, and here's the thing, because at the very least, at the very least. We are talking about top to bottom, bottom incompetence, which is a very, uh, very hard to have this complete of a failure. But that is, at the, at the very least, that's as good as it gets, you know. Uh, but again, you would think that this, this, if this was really fallout from climate change, that every last one of the estimated 2,000 missing children would be all over the place right now because this would be a rallying cry. But there is being a lid put on this thing. Well, Frank, I mean, anytime there's children involved uh, and the administration is not, you know, the, the correct party that they want to beat up over it, they try to steer clear. Of it. So uh, with Maui, also, there's this happened. The same is true of Puerto Rico. Um, there's no, look when Puerto Rico happened, there was Trump there to blame. Uh, the same is true. More, it's not as bad as Puerto Rico, but it is true. And everyone kind of knows this, that. The standards in Maui, you know, building standards, um, there's a lot of corruption in our country, brother. And you you can give, you know, municipalities, whatever it may be, townships, counties, whatever, however the system works in your particular area. Unfortunately, certain builders that have a high profile can give what they want and skirt, you know, and cut corners. And uh, Maui, there's a, there has long been problems with that there and now there and there was in puerto rico now they use trump to cover up you know the corner cutting in puerto rico here in maui they don't want to blame biden so they're just going to ignore it end of story 
Mm. And so it's if we really want to fix this, you know, these issues, because it's going to happen again and again and again, then the building codes have to be updated in these places that, truth be told, if we're being honest, many of us don't really consider part of the mainland, the continental U.S. They're not. So we kind of ignore them and what goes on there and their tourist destinations. And, you know, there are certain little slices and enclaves that we care about because they're pretty when we buy our plane ticket and we get to spend a week there with our families and our loved ones. Uh, but the rest of the islands are not great. And they're not being, again, it really comes down to what we were talking about before. This system we have that, you know, uh, the the people at the top of the food chain get to live by different standards and it always comes at the horrible cost of those who are not who are at the bottom of the food chain and and that's sad but no one's there to advocate for them and i've had people say to me rich what was the vote share in hawaii last time and i get it i get it i know what you're saying and i'm a jeffersonian myself so the government you elect is the government you deserve but there's a lot more problems than weather there and unfortunately with a democrat in the white house we'll never talk about them right Right. And, and, you know, uh, culture being what it is in a certain area, you know, that you, I mean, you know, better than, than anybody yeah. else or just as well as some people, um, there is, uh, you can pretty much predict what some areas are going to produce as far as representation goes. But in other ways, when you start realizing just how rampant corruption is on a, we're talking organized crime, gangster That's five. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, do it's, they ever really have a chance, do, Frank? Do you know? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, what, what what would a Democrat actually be in 2021 if we didn't have the five families, uh, you know, pretty much divvying up the, the country as if uh, this was, you know, New York in the 19th 30s and it's just um you you just don't know what kind of ideas would be expressed locally if this wasn't all centralized cartel nonsense and it doesn't matter if it's right over here in the uh the 48 the 48 or the detached two one being like you said an an island out there all by itself a a chain of island an island chain in the middle of the pacific all by itself pays attention until they're going on vacation exactly exactly you you just don't know you just don't know i I, you know for as much as we all go to war with this two-party nonsense uh, i I, there's no reason i i don't uh i still if you if you get me on a sober day i i and anybody else would tell you just because somebody has a, a democrat d next to their name doesn't mean that they can't come up with a good idea it's just that these are all approved approved priests and priestesses of a religion and everybody else hey well, for example arizona how many times have we talked about these resurgent almost like tea party types in arizona who got their careers ended by the mccain type gop people you know yeah. it's just like we're talking about brand names and we're talking about corporate interests that destroy any kind of real local representation yeah and um then we look back and every time I hear something like that, I think about Kelly Ward primarying John McCain, them calling her crazy. She's a nutcase. Um, and his ads about the border. Nobody's led the fight against the open border like me. Meanwhile, the guy's been sucking on the cartel, you know what, for years. You know, and and uh, I'm going to fight, you know, against Obamacare. I'm one of the leading people because what was she attacking him on? Obamacare and the border. And at the end of the day, what does he use one of his last dying breaths to do? 
fly to D.C. and put its disgusting, crusty finger down just so Donald Trump didn't get a win repealing Obamacare. It's just disgusting. It's disgraceful. And then they're the ones who are portrayed as the virtuous and morally superior you know, part, uh, you know, a, a class, uh, you know, within the, the, you know, or they are the only ruling class, but you know what I mean. Right. And right. They, they survive on that narrative, Frank. And no doubt. People pay for it every time. Yeah. Because, you know, after a while, they become allies. The, the, yeah. the McCain family, um, of course, there's the, the Cheneys. At one time, everybody would line up to take swipes at Dick Cheney being Darth Vader. Uh, you, you know, the real puppeteer, the real ventriloquist st- standing behind George W. Bush. These are war criminals. They're murderers or whatever. But when Try some... at the Hague. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then some, and then some, kind, of, some kind of an insurgency comes up that challenges these people and actually has some uh, a semblance of real American uh, values, they're started, they, uh, then the McCains, the Romneys, and everybody else, they start getting embraced as reasonable members of the, the right, and we become alt- alternative right, you know, that's, so you see this, uh, the, the, the fractal, the, the fractal, you know, movement of all this it's it's just so hilarious and this is what mainly people are really sick and tired of and it's getting less and less appealing so who knows what comes next yeah look at somebody like uh, my buddy david who ran in california 13 david Gillio, right and uh kevin mccarthy because david's gonna win the seat comes in at the last minute throws millions behind this guy john duarte is now in congress just to beat him in the primary all they did was plagiarize david's platform i'm gonna do this i'm gonna support that i'm super pro trump right now they're afraid he's gonna run against them again primary him again because the guy turned out to be a total scumbag and a fraud right he's alt-right ultra maga all these <laughs> crazy terms they they assign to you why because he pointed out that John lied during the campaign and he's a fraud, right? So how could that make you, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, this is what they do though. How could that make you alt-right, ultra-maga? You claim to be exactly what David was running as. You just claim to be someone who has money and can win. So there was no difference in your opinions or your positions. You lied about who you were, just like John McCain. He lied about his position on illegal immigration and the border. He lied about how he would treat a real appeal that a president would actually sign. So because you're there to expose them for the frauds and liars they are, you get tagged with all these crazy names. It's, it's, un- it's really something to behold, Frank. That that again is part of the uh, the awakening. Uniparty, yeah. yeah. They, 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 well, that's 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 but the they awake- get, They get away with it because of the uniparty. Is what I'm saying. Absolutely. The system we live in. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and and it serves as one of those wake up moments. The the cold water to the face for certain yeah. types of people. The, the mugshot wakes certain people up in certain demographics. And, and and most people from the middle to lower class, they can see the mugshot, and they, they, they know how they're given the runaround with the judicial system. They know how they're given the runaround with the IRS. They, they, we always feel like somebody's nipping at our heels, and then all of a sudden, here's, here's Donald Trump. It goes a long way. And then for, those, for, for everybody else who are politically active, and they go, and they're, they're really trying to get involved, and they're really trying to make something, this is the kind of stuff to see that that kind of 
that gamesmanship coming from the McCarthyites and from the, the, the McCains and everybody else labeling you as one thing or another to make sure that uh, no baby elephants come into the tent. It's uh, oh, what oh, a yeah. good way to put it. Yeah. What a good way to put it. No baby elephants come into the tent. Yeah. yeah. Ones that, you know, God forbid, uh, maybe they're a little naive, but God forbid they actually believe in what they were running on and they intended to advance that agenda when they got there. And that's, you know, I think that some of this persecution, um, it's almost like the perfect culmination, uh, you know, the perfect ending to this journey we've been on for what now, seven years, um, you know, unmasking all of these different groups. They were never real. And now they have no choice in an effort to try to stop a movement against them. They have no choice but to stand up and be who they are. And I think in 2024, that's gonna go a long way to deciding it. In 22, unfortunately, uh, it didn't because there were there was too much collaboration trying to play nice with them, and you can't do that. They'll they'll throw you under the bus. They'll sabotage you. Uh, and now I think a lot of that is over in the minds of a lot of people. So they understand that at, you know at some point someone's going to win and someone's going to lose, and we're running out of time here. So better get this fight on now than never. Well, Rich, I thank you so much for another wonderful uh, discussion. Tell everybody where they can find you next this week, because I'm sure that your work week is only getting started. Yeah, we didn't even get to go over Florida, but tomorrow at noon Eastern Standard Time, we'll be talking about the results of the poll we did in Florida. I gave the trend to Frank. um, We didn't get a chance to go over it, but what it really shows is (laughs) a telltale it's a telltale sign um you know it's not just the primary i'm actually more concerned frank about you know this this trump or bus vote this vote we just spent you know 30 minutes talking about that people are finally being attracted to it and it will vanish it will evaporate if it's not taken advantage of in the right way so tomorrow at noon best place always to follow me peoplespundit.locals.com you'll see the show go up at that time but uh also get early access to new polling they already have it over there so uh listen folks on locals the no share rule is in effect that's for locals all right (laughs) locals only everyone can get it tomorrow all right so uh yeah peoplespundit.locals.com, Frank. That's the best place. And we can follow everything I'm doing from there. Okay. We've got the locals in the description of the episode. I hope people go check it out. The only two uh, questions that I had left behind are something that we're going to have to tackle next time in earnest. That's number one. People want to know about your guitar playing. We want to know. We, we, gotta have a, we have to have a music conversation. And I also want to have a, I want to revisit a UFO conversation with you because I wouldn't call you a contactee, but you have seen shit. And the s- yeah. shit that you you have seen is some of the more incredible testimony I have ever collected on this show. So I want to know um, what you think about all these congressional hearings lately. But we're gonna have to save that for next time. Maybe we'll bring you on sooner than the last uh, the last week of maybe a special edition for that or something. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's like music. By the time we get there, you know what's gonna happen. There will be new polls and new things going on. So uh, maybe we just need a longer interview or something. I'd love to get into that with both of those uh, with you. I well, don't talk as much about my guitar playing as I'd like to with people. I, I you know, a lot of people, so-called smart people, Frank, tell me to sep- keep it separate. Keep it separate. This, so different. This is a different type of show. It's a great idea. It's a different yeah, type of know. show. 
You could do that That's on right. this show. And, and quite frankly, we can do things that most other shows can't. I have, I, so I have done, I have, I have put a lot of years into making sure people know what kind of eclectic mixes of things you're getting on this show. And I want to get personal with guests sometimes. So music and, and listen, uh, uh, the other thing there too, Rich is we we're doing a uh, a Tuesday night. We're usually doing the last Monday, uh, the last Monday of the month. So if this was a, a normal Monday, we would have another 25 minutes. We're, we're, it's a short show because I'm going into band practice actually. So hey, so there you go. that's it. So don't yeah. Next time next time around, we're definitely have a lot more than the 35 40 minutes that we have right now but thank you for everything my friend all the best buddy have fun all right and, and send my I'll best to laura soon. always you you right back to you and yours man i'll see you soon all right peace well ladies and gentlemen that was me that was rich he's not really green in real life but um anyhow i'm not going to go on a break I'm not going to go on a break because it's just there's no time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get into your super chats and make sure that we clear this out of the way. And then away we go. The guys have not walked through the door yet, but I suspect they will any moment now. Stostoop says, always a pleasure to have Rich Barris in the house. Thank you, Frank. Now here's a little pocket change in support of great independent media, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, the trust fund that they have set up for me over there. The Stoobs. I don't even know where to. I don't even know. Many of you out there, I come. I try to come up with new ways to thank you, and I just hope. I hope you know that I never take you for granted. Doing this every night is a blessing, and to be able to support a family doing it, and to pave the way for newer, bigger iterations of this project. The, I'm there's just just so much that we're. I'm uh, getting prepared to do and. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but uh, every night is a good recharge and great perspective. So thank you all so much. Hello Kitty SKS says, Hi Frank, greetings to everyone from Siesta Beach, Sarasota, Florida. Yes, we are here watching this mild hurricane in real time. Please give Dwayne a happy birthday shout out. Love ya. Oh, Dwayne, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dwayne. A very chill man. Very chill. Dwayne and Kitty are great people to hang out with. And this time last year, this time last year, I was hanging out with people like Dwayne and Kitty um, in, in Myrtle Beach. I'm thinking about that a lot. I'm very nostalgic for this week last year. Uh, great group of people were out there. Got to meet Abe and his family. Justin Polgar and his family. Uh, Mike from Maryland came out. Then there was just everybody at the Dark Delight house, and it was uh, it was really wonderful. It was just great. Stars aligned, and I think about it often. I was talking about it with Lauren, too, um, several times. All right, over on Rumble. Let's see if there's anything over there. Nope, everybody's just chatting, but no Rumble rants. On Pilled, on QuiteFrankly.tv, Foxhole, Witchy Poo, Robert Sarns. Wichipu again. Sean Joe. Uh, shook, Q shook me all night long. Thank you so much. Wichipu says milk to go with the cookies. There's so many cookies going through. I just released all of the lemons on the D Live too. So thank you everybody on D Live for being so generous with us with all the lemons there and the race cars and the, the ninja guinies and all that, whatever the hell they're called. Um, I got to pay more attention to, to that. 
C. Blanche, John Smith, 42164. These are all the tips coming in in the form of gold pills, which are like a penny per. So it's a lot of fun. People just throw pennies around and they and maybe it goes right to the the network fund. Sharon C Blanche again. CJ CJM. Uh let's see, then a whole bunch of sleeve of cookies from Witchy Poo. Porpoiseful. Again, Sharon, Captain Flint, John Smith. Who else? I'm all out of bubblegum. Thank you. Thank you again. Uh, Jesse, 81138. Matt, 1776. Great show, Frank. That is the man over there. Matt, 1776. One of the founders, designers, programmers of not only Foxhole and Pill.net, who I talked up a great bit uh, late, uh, late last week, again, to really double down on this. You want you, you we talk about Rumble and elsewhere. They're they're having their day in the sun right now, but ultimately we know that the same companies, the same conglomerates stand behind the rumbles as they do YouTube and elsewhere. Places like pill.net, throw throw some time behind it, throw some support behind it, and watch the show from quite frankly.tv. Enjoy Pilled and um, and yeah, that that's real independence. Real like we can be taken off of everything, and as long as there's pilled, we'd be fine. There'd be a place to watch the show. That's real independence. So make sure you always prioritize people like that. And thank you, Delona. So great to have you all along for the ride. And I'm going to release the scratching right now because it's time for me to go. The rumbles that they do, kicking off down the dusty trail. All right, that's all. Good night. Good night, everybody. Oh, wait. Jay Brits and Katie Sky just sent some uh, some tips on quitefranklysuperchat.com. Last minute, but I'll take it. You guys are wonderful to me. And tomorrow, going to be a good one. We have an entire evening with uh, Jeff Wamsley of the, uh, the Mothman Museum and Mothman Festival. That'll be tomorrow. Whole night of Mothman. There you go. That's it. All right. Good night. Goodbye. Good night. And always remember, that's... Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, all of our wonderful friends on Foxhole, right there on quitefrankly.tv. Thank you so much to Jay Brits, Katie Sky, Stostube, Hello Kitty, and that's all. Love to you all, whether you're watching on YouTube or on Rumble or on quitefrankly.tv, over there on Rockfin and Theta and DLive and Twitch. Another good night. I'll see you tomorrow.